Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to Circling the Bases, proudly presented by Roto World and NBC Sports. My name is DJ Short, and I'm back here once again with Eric Simulski. So last week on our show, we talked about some fantasy surprises from this season, and also what to think of some of these players going into 2024 drafts. I'm actually doing a 2024 early mock draft with some folks from tout wars it's a 15 team mock i think we're doing eight rounds uh the clock just started at noon nobody has picked yet (laughs) (laughs) it is a very slow draft apparently um but i'm really looking forward to seeing what comes out of this uh just a really fun exercise there's not there's really like no 2024 rankings out there yet Um, yeah I know Matthew does his around the all-star break. So I have a little bit as sort of like guardrails, but I feel like a lot has changed with the all-star break anyway. Um, So I'm really excited to dig into this and see where this goes. Yeah. I tried to get into that. There was just such an influx of, of people who were like gung ho for a 2024 draft, um, which, you know, doesn't surprise me too much about the fantasy baseball industry. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how that lines up. I mean, I think, you know, the, t- the talking point is always like closers and where do closers go. Um, but, you know, a lot of these young guys, I'm intriguing. I mean, you know, we saw a huge jump this year with guys like Julio Rodriguez and, and Bobby Witt Jr. And then next year, you know, 2024 drafts, you're going to see stuff similar with like the Gunnar Hendersons and the, you know, Corbin Carrolls and maybe the Ellie De La Cruzes. And yeah. um, so that, that kind of stuff is always fun to see. And then, you know, we're going to talk about some guys today who really disappointed us this year. Um, and so it's always it's always intriguing to see you know some of these guys that we have on our list were high round draft picks this year, um, and it'll be curious to 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 see how people respond to them next year. Whether we you know have some confidence that we can jump back in, or you know whether we we're fully out. I think people just love the process of drafting, and you know if you've been doing fantasy football drafts, best ball drafts, wh- whatever it is. You just want to do more and more drafts. So sure. NFL season starting this week. That means drafts are actually still happening. I'm in the middle of one right now, a slow draft. We're hoping to get it done by kickoff tomorrow. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, but I have my final auction tonight. So, yeah, keep them nice. going. So people still drafting. 
So get the Roto World Draft Guide. If you have your draft tonight, do it. Includes all the rankings, player profiles, projections you need to win your league this year. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide to get your draft guide now. And also a little fun bonus for uh, for our listeners. Champ23, our promo code, save 20% off and receive a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. Uh, so if you're drafting tonight, make sure you go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide so i'm gonna kick off our fantasy disappointments and and these are players that came to the year with big expectations and this first name i'm going to mention is you know past couple of years especially after a big 2020 season has been drafted in the late first round vladimir guerrero jr and i wouldn't say he's been a disaster like that's not the case certainly not um 21 homers, 82 RBIs, 64 runs scored. Pretty close to what you would think, uh, hitting 268. But looking at what the expectations were coming out of that uh, 2021 season where he had the 1,000-plus OPS, last year 818 OPS, this year 784 OPS. And then if you look at the first base position, this was kind of shocking to me. Among first base eligible players on Yahoo, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is 12th in home runs, 9th in RBIs, tied for 16th in, in runs scored. Now, expected stats still love him. He hits the ball hard, doesn't strike mm. out very much. You can always talk yourself into that ceiling. But I'm not sure. Now, two years in a row where it's kind of been – not really standing out among the pack, even at first base. So he is a disappointment, but you can, it's hard to quit on him. But to me, he's a disappointment. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the questions with him were always, and, and the speed has been better than we expected, right? The, yeah. Everybody always, he was a four-category guy, right? Now, mm-hmm. five stolen bases um, this year is not, anything that you're going to like write home about, but it's something in a category. But the issue with him was always, you know, he didn't lift. He hit the ball really hard, hit the ball on a line, which is great, um, but makes it harder to hit home runs consistently, right? Because we understand that, you know, when you ball leaves the bat at a particular launch angle, it makes it more likely that the ball can carry out of the park and yada, 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 right? Um, And he spiked 48 home runs in 2021 when his average launch angle was 9.4 degrees. That's hard to do. That's, that is an outlier type of, of performance. Last year, the launch angle went down to 4.3. It's up to 10 this year. Um, but the infield fly ball rates have gone up over 11% the last two years. So, and, and they were down, you know, under seven before. I, I just think this is a guy who hits the ball hard, who may never hit for the type of power we want because he doesn't have natural lift in his swing. And as he tries to maybe get more lift in his swing, sometimes he's, you know, it hurts his results. Like he pops the ball up a lot, um, you know, and, and he doesn't give himself a lot of wiggle room because he doesn't really provide much in the way of speed. So I think you're happy to have him on your team, but I, I don't think he belongs in, you know, the Pete Alonzo, Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson grouping yeah. that people want him to be up in. Right. I, I totally agree. 
I think we will start to see the market correct going to next year, most likely. I think when you look at you know the baseball savant page, there is quite a bit of red there. The expected batting average this season is 299. So you still see the path for, I mean, 268. I, I, I feel like he, could, he can be better than that. I, I don't think there's any question about that. So if the batting average improves, some of the counting stats will improve and it'll look a little nicer. But yeah, I agree. As long as that launch angle is, is where it is, the upside in the power category just isn't going to be there uh, compared to what we saw, you know, in 2021. So let me just throw, let me throw something out at you for a second. Okay. Because right. I was just looking up the the weighted runs created plus leaderboard um, on fan graphs. Okay. And Guerrero's 13th. Okay. Hmm. Uh, some notable players above him. You have your Freemans. You have your Alonzos. Um, Fangraphs list Bellinger as a first baseman. Um, Olsen's ahead of him. Guys like that. Uh, Goldschmidt's ahead of him. Nathaniel Lowe is ahead in weighted runs mm-hmm. created plus. Uh, Christian Walker. Uh, Yandy yep. Diaz. But there's another hitter who is also for the season hitting the exact same 268 as Vladimir Guerrero. This hitter has 23 home runs to Guerrero's 21 home runs. Uh, 63 runs and 60 RBIs to Guerrero's 64 runs and 82 RBIs. But this hitter is Tristan Casas. Uh, I knew you were. I knew. I knew it. Who was atrocious at the beginning of the year um, and has really come on in the second half of the year. And now before I looked at that leaderboard, I would never have even thought about taking Casas over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Right. But in 48 games, in 46 games in the second half of the season, Casas is hitting 340 with 14 home runs, 33 RBIs in 46 games. Yeah. I I think that there is a, there's a reasonable expectation or there's a reasonable outcome where like those guys are going back to back next year. They're a lot closer than people may think. Yeah. I mean, just when you look at the baseball card stats here with Vlad Jr., 268, 21 home runs, 82 RBI is pretty nice. I'm not going to Great. I mean, that's that. a great lineup. So yeah. Yeah. 64 runs scored, but like, that seems like numbers you could get pretty late. Or maybe even in some cases, like you were mentioning, the cost is like off the waiver wire. Kind of crazy right. to think about it that way, but it's true. Yeah, and I, and I think to your point, like the Blue Jays are likely to have a really strong lineup again next year. The context is great for Vlad to put up, you know, a hundred plus RBIs. Um, there's nothing wrong with drafting him. The mm-hmm. the the th- the takeaway I think is like he kind of winds up in the tier that Christian Walker was in this year. I think. And and that's yeah. fine, but that was the I'm not going to spend a high draft pick on a first baseman. I'm going to wait and get somebody like Christian Walker. And now some yes. of those guys didn't hit right. The Jose Abreu's, the Rowdy Telezes, you know, oh. they didn't. Do I they know didn't it? hit this year, right? <laughs> so like that's a risky proposition. But I, and and Vlad yeah. maybe has a safer floor than some of the guys in that tier. Yeah. But I don't. I think that you. I think that you could easily see a tier a 2024 tier. That includes guys like Nathaniel Lowe, Christian Walker, Vlad Guerrero, Tristan Casas, and it kind of depends on if you're going for average or power or speed or whatever. Yeah, Vlad's probably always going to go higher, but yes. I think this is just another reminder this year that you don't have to reach for that. Uh, my disappointment is on the pitching side, and it's Dylan Cease. And 
I think everybody knew the 220 ERA last year was was not sustainable. Yes. Um, but I I was a believer that we had seen him take a, a clear step forward. I thought you know high two low three ERA pitcher the strikeouts were always going to be elite. Um, I thought the team context would be better than it wound up being. Um, and obviously, you know, averaging over four walks a game uh, isn't great, but his walk rate is 10.6 this year. It was 10.4 last year. So I know people want to blame the walk rate for why Dylan Cease hasn't been good this year, but I really don't think that that's it. Um, he's become a more hittable pitcher. His swinging strike rate last year was 15.7%. It's down to 14.3% this year. Um, the, f- the velocity on his fastball was down over a mile per hour from last right. year. His velocity is down across the board over a mile per hour from last year. Um, not only is the slider velocity down, but the slider has less movement um, than, it, than it did last year. And you also, you, like, was that a conscious decision? Um, is that arm trouble? Who knows? But like... But the the slider has was his best pitch last year. It's getting hit harder this year. Um, it's you know defense independent ERA is way up. The fastball swinging strike rates are way down, or you know down over two percent from last year. It it strikes me as like something isn't right. Yeah, you know, like when you see a velocity dip like that, and you see a movement decrease, um, and the the pitcher is getting hit harder. So the results don't back it up. You would think that there would be some, some shift. Um, and so I, I'm not going to predict injury. I don't think that that's the case or what's going on. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think that we should just use the catch all of like, Oh, his location is bad. I, I think there's some things going on with cease where like the movement profile on his pitches is just not what it was last year. And maybe he needs to just tinker in the off season. Maybe there's some fatigue. I, who knows? Yeah, 22 walks in 28 innings in August. Uh, His first start in September, which was Tuesday, uh, gave up three home runs in five and a Mm -hmm. third innings. Uh, He actually has the same whiff rate on his slider this year that he had last year, but the batting average against is about 100 points higher. The slugging percentage is about 150 points higher. Uh, so you're right. Something something isn't quite right with Cease. He was someone I I avoided in drafts this year because the, the control did scare me a little bit, but I wasn't like docking him that heavily. Uh, Alec Manoa was someone I was like, I'm not touching, which actually yeah. turned out to be a good call. I had many bad calls. I didn't. I was avoiding Spencer Strider in the first round, or mm-hmm. like for I don't even know if I was drafting him in the second round in drafts this year. So I re- I regret that. So I don't always hit on everything, but. Um, yeah, Cease this year has been the polar opposite of what we saw uh, last year. And, you know, going into next season, I mean, you look at the spread of ERA. Last year, 2.20 ERA, 4.98 this season. For me, it's like, sure, I'll take a flyer next year and see what happens. But yes, if it's a health thing, then it's kind of right. more up in the air, right? But I think that the... the- to me, those issues are are I'm more liable to take a chance there because I think we can spot that early, right? Yeah. If his velocity is down again in the spring, you're like, okay, there's there's still something going on. Um, if he looks healthy, you know, if we can see the view, if we can see the movement um, ticking back in the way that we want, we can feel a little bit uh, better about it. 
I think now I'm I'm I didn't have many shares this year because um he was going really high and I was only really taking in my drafts like one starting pitcher early and then trying to wait to get sure. into like the mus- the Musgrove tier of of starting pitchers uh which you know didn't work out all that well either <laughs> um but I think Cease is a if if he's a three five three six three seven ERA pitcher next year with plus strikeouts. Uh, there's value in that still. And if yeah. people are going to be scared off because of this, and I can get him where people were getting him last year after putting up a 3-9 ERA with you know over 12 strikeouts per nine, like maybe that's just the pitcher he is. Maybe we weren't yeah. maybe we were optimistic about him taking the step forward, but maybe he's a 3-8 ERA pitcher with high strikeouts um and a average whip. And and there's still value there, and you know if you can get a, a solid ratio pitcher early on, then you know you can load up on the strikeout guy. So I, I'm not fully out, no. but I need to see the velocity in the spring next year. Good call. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So I'm another Blue Jay for my second disappointment. That's Dalton Varsho. Of course, was traded from the Diamondbacks to the Blue Jays. And I didn't think we expected a ton to change. Um, you know, as far offensive environment, better lineup, arguably better. Uh, but this year, 220, 16 homers, 15 stolen bases, 55 runs scored over 137 games as a catcher eligible player. So it's still certainly usable, but even among catchers, he's ranked 13th in Yahoo leagues and in overall value. Again, 15 stolen bases from a catcher. That's nice. But in an environment where speed is on the rise, he just doesn't stand out as much. So what made him so valuable to in that extra spot in your roster to eke out, you know, 20 steals, not quite as valuable right now. The key with Varsho, though, all of his starts – this season has come in the outfield. So he loses that catcher eligibility going into next season, already kind of a flawed profile as an offensive player. He's going to continue to be in the lineup every day because he's very good defensively, but loses that catcher eligibility going into next season. That is the thing you need to know Mm -hmm. about Varsha going into next year. And when you take that away, he's more of like a late round player at this point. And I think even you know, in standard leagues that are like 10 team, 12 team, 
he might even be like waiver wire fodder than someone you're going to draft universally. Is he is he not just healthy Harrison Bader? Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's like a, that's a, a very good he's call. A, a two thirty hitter, twenty home runs, fifteen stolen bases. Like to me, that's what you get from Harrison Bader if he ever were to put, were to play a full season. Which <laughs> yes. you know, again, is a is you know a feather in the cap of of Dalton Varsho. As you know, he's going to be in the lineup because of the defense and all of that. But like you know, we talked the other day about. Oh, where are you taking Lane Thomas? Like, you know, are people going to overdraft Lane Thomas? Well, Lane Thomas is hitting 280 and he's got 23 home runs and 17 stolen bases. So I'm taking Lane Thomas over Dalton Varsho literally every day. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's what you need to recalibrate yourself when you think about Varsho um, in like as, as an outfield only player. Um, you know, looking at the leaderboards around him, like James Outman has 17 homers and 14 stolen bases, but he's hitting 255. Mm-hmm. Ian Happ, in a down year, 17 homers, 13 stolen bases, hitting 245. Like, Leody Tavares is hitting 264, 13 home runs, 12 stolen bases, sorry, 12 home runs, 13 stolen bases. Like, Varsho and Leody Tavares are kind of in the same realm, and Leody Tavares was not drafted in a lot of leagues, and I think if you did a 2024 draft right now, there'd be a lot of 12-team leagues that don't, draft the Odie Tavares. Obviously, right. lineup context. If, you know, Varsho is going to hit at the top of the order for the Blue Jays, there's value there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hasn't been a consistent lineup spot for him. Uh, you know, right. he's now hitting, like, mostly, like, seventh. So, I don't know. I, I might be fully out next year. Yeah, me too. Um, right. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep it pitching. It's Sandy Alcantara. Another pitcher who we expected regression from because the stats last year were insane at the 228 ERA. It's kind of like the same as as Cease. Um, I faded last year, and obviously it didn't work for me. But my thought process was he doesn't get a lot of swings and misses, low strikeout guy with a bunch of innings on that arm. Um, And I faded this year for the same reasons, plus no shift, really bad infield defense um and i think some of those things have have really come back to bite him i know a lot of people also mention he gets stretched out really far uh by miami and sometimes like that final inning you know it's a little bit of like i think nick pollock on pitcher list calls it the careful icarus where you know you you fly too close to the sun you get that last inning that winds up kind of blowing up and Mm -hmm. you know we've seen that a lot with with alcantara but he's got a 414 ERA. It's a 402 xFIP. His strikeout rate has gone down. Um, yep. The walk rate has gone up. Um, you know the swinging strike rate is is pretty similar, and the velocity is pretty is pretty similar. So nothing screams like injury. I think his if you watch him pitch, his location is a little bit less precise. The defense behind him is a little bit worse. And he's a guy who gives up a lot of contact, generally speaking. So those things are a problem. And I really do think that we – I personally am not going to go into 2024 thinking of Sandy Alcantara as a fantasy ace. Um, and yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but I, that's that's my approach. If he's my SP2, fine. But I think this is a, a mid-three ERA arm in the new baseball environment. And an arm who – is going to have another 200 inning season, three in a row, 200 inning season likely coming up. Like, 
I don't, you don't want to project injuries because we, we can't, but that is a, a sticky situation. For sure. I mean, we know the Marlins push him. And I, the, my thought on Alcantara coming into the year is that while the strikeouts weren't there like per inning, what you got in, you know, just the allotment of innings he would get, because he'd probably throw more than anyone, you still get the strikeouts. So you still get the number, which will be similar at the end of the year. That's kind of how I rationalize it to myself. Mm-hmm. I I probably didn't I, I knew the Marlins defense was going to be bad. But even looking at the sort of those advanced numbers, it's not all that. So it's like it's a very weird season for Alcantara. I think at least what you can hang your hat on recently, he's been better. Um, has a 304 ERA over his last 11 starts, 62 strikeouts, 15 walks, and 77 innings. So the strikeouts are still not really there. But he's had you know a few kind of more patented Alcantara starts where he pitches eight. He had a uh, he had a complete game against the Yankees, which you know you can understand why that happened uh, <laughs> with ten strikeouts at last month. So he's been a little better recently. So I think finishing strong will help him. But I agree, you know, not the strikeout percentage not being able to hang with those other aces will probably take him outside the top ten fantasy yeah. starters going into next year. I think like if you were to if you were to say, would you rather have Zach Gallen or or Sandy Alcantara? Right, I mean Zach Gallen yeah. right now has a, a 3.48 ERA. He's got 86 strikeouts and 178 innings. Blah, you know, those are just stats. We just know the pitcher that Zach Gallen is, and we know the pitcher that Sandy Alcantara is. And I, I don't know that there's a wide gap there from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you were to tell people Zach Gallen is a fantasy ace, I think you'd get a lot of. Is he? I mean, some people yeah. would say yes. Some people would say I'd rather have him as my SP two. And I kind of think that's where Alcantara ends up. You're like fringe on the outside of the top ten, where you know some people will be ecstatic to get him as their ace, and and others would feel like they missed on some of their top guys. Sure. The last two starts for Gallon have totally torpedoed his yeah, yes. NL Cy Young Award chances, where now he's not even being discussed in the top three. It's, uh, I know. Now it's Justin Steele instead. Now it's Justin Steele's, you know, Blake Snell, uh, Spencer Strider. Uh, I don't know which way this is going to go. I still think if Gallon has a, you know, four good starts to finish out the year, he still has a chance, but he's probably, probably not. At this point, if you, which makes me sad. If I had, I have future, I have a future yeah. bet on him. So. If you trust what you read on Twitter, which you you know shouldn't, but it seems like <laughs> nobody wants to, nobody wants to give the award to Strider. Like everybody's yeah. finding reasons for why he shouldn't qualify. He doesn't throw enough innings. Um, you know, he's got a three fifty six ERA. That's not mm-hmm. Cy Young ERA. Um, it's all strikeouts, and maybe yep. it is all strikeouts, but he's also that's still pretty, pretty, pretty good. good. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Is he going to strike out 300 batters? He might, right? He, he might. He's at 245 right now. Um, he's got yeah. four more. He's got four yeah. more starts. Uh, so, I, yeah, I mean, he'll he could push 280. Yeah. Hey, it's so impressive. Not, it's not bad. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a pitcher I'm disappointed in, Aaron Nola, who is just an enigma uh, wrapped in a riddle wrapped in something else. A nesting doll of confusion, I guess, Mm -hmm. uh, is the way to put it. Uh, Just a topsy-turvy pitcher. So 4.63 ERA in 2021. Last year bounced back with a 3.25 ERA. 
finished fourth in the NL Cy Young Award balloting, career low walk rate as well. So things looking good for Nola coming into this year. Was drafted as a top 10 fantasy starter. Uh, this year, though, 4.55 ERA across 28 starts. And yes, this is another case of a defense not being great behind him. Uh, so we're looking at a 3.81 X ERA, almost our full run lower, but it's it's more than that. And it's it's a NOLA issue. Uh, strikeout percentage mm-hmm. is down, lowest since 2016. Walks are up, his highest since the COVID season in 2020. Home run rate, the highest of his career as well. If you remember Nola coming into the uh, coming in the majors, he was a ground ball pitcher. Yeah. But it has shifted in the other direction now where his ground ball rate is actually below the league average. So you have someone giving up more fly balls, more home runs, missing fewer bats, uh, walking more batters. So it's not not hard to see why this has all come together as it has. What makes it even more fascinating for Nola is that he's going to be a free agent this winter uh, in a class that contains Shohei Otani, Willie Pitch next year. Who knows? Blake Snell's stock is up going into free yeah. agency. Nola's is down. I still think he's going to get paid pretty well uh, because of the track record. But to me, he's... He's confusing, polarizing, fascinating. Very interested to see where he goes next because with a better defense, you can see it coming together for him. Yeah, I think I would love to see him go to a smart organization that can figure out what to do with a going to be 31-year-old pitcher whose fastball velocity is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's that's also been a big issue for him right now. And that also screams... Cleveland Guardians because they <laughs> make the most out of pitchers with no fastballs. Um, but like yeah. his his four seam fastball has a thirteen point four percent barrel rate allowed this year. Um, its swinging strike rate is down two percent. Um, you know, defense independent ERA, uh, which is a metric I really like that Alex Chamberlain has on his pitch leaderboard, which factors in like uh, outside of defensive performance, what is the yeah. ERA? Um, on the balls in play, what should the ERA have been? It's 466 on his four-seam fastball this year. It was 3.06 last year. Um, it's been a big downgrade. And then the swinging strike rate is down on the curveball because the curveball is a little faster and has less movement this year. So that's interesting. I I don't know. Like I think he's a smart and talented pitcher, and I would love to see him go to an organization that can you know, shift him I hate saying this as a 38-year-old man that somebody who's 31 needs to, you know, think about the the second half of his career, but like <laughs> who needs to be he needs to shift into like okay, wh- how can you succeed now that you are have d- some diminished stuff? Right. The fastball is not as good as it used to be and it was never his calling card. So sure. he has to pitch smarter, he has to sequence better, um and that hasn't been happening this year. Um and you know, he's probably too expensive for the Rays. But like yeah. the Rays are a team that could do that. Maybe the Giants. Totally. Who, who knows? Yeah, I mean the Guardians won't sign him either because he's too expensive. Right. But I, exactly. I hear what you're saying there. Giants, Giants would be I, interesting. I'd be curious to see. I'm going to throw this out there as like a Red Sox fan. But like, listen, the the Red Sox got decent performance out of Michael Waka um, last year. Um, they, you know, Nick Pavetta. It's like Nick sometimes Pavetta, they yeah. look like they fixed him. Sometimes they look like they didn't. Um, 
you know, I, I wonder if that's now he's a little bit of like a lower cost signing to put in that rotation that desperately needs bodies. Uh, the home run issue in Fenway would would not be great though. So yeah, I still think he's going to get a hundred million. Being thirty years yeah. old, he turned thirty in June. He's still going to get a hundred million. You know, for for yeah, you know, since he's thirty, he's probably going to get like five years. I would think. Um, so you're probably looking at five years, hundred twenty, something like that. He'll get it. Hello, Mets. I could see that too. I honestly could because the Mets need someone. Uh, you know, there's. Uh, you mean Quintana their ace, has Kode been, Senga? Yeah, Kode Senga has been great. He's been great, but you can't have Jose Quintana as your number two. Like, you need no. to get somebody else in there, and <laughs> because after yeah. that, it's just a huge mess. So I could see the Mets are going to sign a pitcher. Uh, Nolan makes or two sense. or three. Or two, yeah. yeah. I mean, they tried that last offseason. It didn't work out so well. Yeah. <laughs> my next disappointment might be a little bit of a personal disappointment to me just because he was on so many of my rosters, um, and it's Tyler O'Neill. And I was just really – I was banking on a little bit of a bounce back toward what we saw in 2021. I felt like the power speed was there. I really thought the underlying metrics last year suggested that the batting average could at least go up to 260, not necessarily like the 280 that he hit. Um, in 2021 and obviously it was a total mess of a year for O'Neill for the Cardinals in general um, there was the idea there's the Ollie Marmol stuff of like yeah. publicly outing O'Neill and then O'Neill spent so much time on the IL and then was he actually hurt was there you know just some issue with with management um, and so the the numbers have not been there just from like a surface level helping of your fantasy team Um you know, nine home runs in 64 games is, you know, serviceable, five steals, 64 games. If you extrapolate that out, um, you know, the strikeout rate was still down around 26. The walk rate went up over over 10%. Um, the barrel rate is still at 13.4%. So, like, the problem is that there's enough in there that makes me think I'm just going to do this again next season. Um, oh, sure. And, and hopefully it's not in St. Louis. Um or hopefully Ali Marmol isn't in St. Louis or, or whatever. I really do think, like, I don't want to make too much of a player, manager, whatever. But I think if they run it back and O'Neill is there and Marmol is there and they still have, you know, all this glut of outfielders that they try and rotate all the time, then I, then I might just back off and say this is a situation that is, you know, not conducive to fantasy success. But the player, the profile of the player, I still think is somebody who, you know, hits 260 with 25 to 30 home runs and and yeah. 10 plus stolen bases and i i still think that's valuable in in leagues um it just did not happen this year and i got burned a lot of places thankfully you know in F- nfbc formats i was able to just move on when he got hurt um but again you're not you're not capitalizing on the draft position you used I think what's interesting about O'Neill is like in the year where he exploded and he had the 34 homers and 15 steals and like uh, gave you all the category juice you could want, he struck out 31.3% of the time. Yeah. Uh, so since then, he's become more selective but less productive. It's, it's weird how that works, right? You think it might be the opposite. Yeah, I think sometimes there are some hitters that – need to be aggressive there's some hitters that their value is i'm gonna get my pitch and i'm gonna crush it and if i think i'm getting that pitch and i don't i'm gonna swing and miss more but i'm gonna do damage um and we've seen a lot of guys who get 
more passive and struggle. Um, this is that player to me. Yeah. Uh, and if you look at, you know, if you look at his profile, um, you know, his swing rate was his just regular swing rate was 49.8% in 2021. So almost 50%. It's 44.7 this year. Um, his, you know, zone swing is down about 5%. Um, you know, the swinging strike rate is way down. So he's not swinging and missing as much, but I don't want to see your zone swing rate go down that much. I don't want, that means that, you know, pitchers are being able to get ahead of you. Theoretically, I don't know what his zone swing rate is on each, you know, count, but theoretically it means pitches are getting ahead, which gets you in pitchers counts, which means you're not getting the pitches that you can hit. So I'd love to see that balance a little bit more um, Mm -hmm. in order for me to, to think he hits the ceiling that he showed in 2021. But I think even if we taper back the expectations, I think there's fantasy value there. Oh yeah. Hey, I, I, you know, the ADP next year is going to be very reasonable, which is, you know, maybe a good thing. Uh, If I had to handicap it right now, I, I don't think, Ali Mormal will be back as the Cardinals manager next season after for them, the Cardinals, this is like a disaster. I mean, it's yeah. a bad season anyway, you know, no matter where you are without all that added context, but just the ex- consistent excellence that the Cardinals have had. Some of this is like a front office thing. They need a pitching. They didn't get it. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe shouldn't be so shocking where they are right now, but uh, for Marmol to be at the helm while this season happened like this, I would be surprised if he's back yeah. next season. Maybe that helps a little bit, uh, his outlook going into next year. So I'll get to my next one here in a second. But first, it's a double dip of Sunday night football this week. The season kicks off on Thursday, September 7th. That's tomorrow when Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl champion Chiefs host the Lions, followed by Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, taking on Saquon Barkley and the Giants on Sunday Coverage of both games started 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. When I hear that NFL on NBC music, I'm like ready to run through a wall. So I cannot wait to hear it uh, tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun to kick off the NFL season. And a great My first next, game, too. Oh, yeah. You couldn't ask for anything better. We'll see if Travis, Travis Kelsey plays in that game. It's looking doubtful. I would point. say no, yeah. Yeah, we'll see if it's more of like a week-to-week type of injury, a multi-week injury, something to track. Go to rotorworld.com, follow our player news feed, uh, constantly updated, uh, whatever's going on with that. And we also have our headlines back on our Twitter accounts um, for our various sports. So, you know, throughout the day, keep it locked there, and you'll get all the relevant information you need have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. My next disappointment here, Andres Jimenez. Now, I feel like you could see this coming a bit coming into the year. I don't think I drafted him anywhere. Uh, Not to say he's not a useful player and that I didn't see parts of his game that I liked, but last year hit 297. The expected batting average was 231, which is shocking. That it was that. So you could kind of see why maybe this might not work out. Now, counting stats wise this year, been useful. 12 home runs, 50 RBIs, 24 steals, 62 runs scored. Gets the volume in the in the Guardians lineup as well. Batting average though, 234. And the expected batting average is 231. So like he's pretty much getting what he deserves here. 680 OPS, 837 OPS last year. Uh, the counting stats are still useful, like I said, but again, the speed doesn't stand out, which I thought would you know keep him afloat. And it, it does to an extent, um, but certainly not the upside you would have wanted. Highest batting average for a full month this season is 250, which was in April. Uh, now, Jimenez makes a lot of contact, but the issue with him is that he makes some of the softest contact in the game. Barrel percentage this season 18th percentile, average exit velocity in the 1% range, mm-hmm. hard hit percentage in the third percentile. So not a lot of power. If he's not hitting the ball hard, I, I don't see the batting average really being there. So he's kind of, you know, he's useful, but not exciting. Is he going to be drafted in standard mixed leagues next year? Maybe, but I, I just don't really see him him being that interesting at least until we see the quality of contact improve yeah i think i think i could be in next year as a middle infield option if i see one thing and that's i I need him to not hit the ball in the air yeah um you just brought up all the reasons why he shouldn't hit the ball in the air that much because he's not he should not be hitting for power because he doesn't hit the ball with enough authority Right. But he raised his launch angle 2% up to 13.4% this year. His fly ball rate is the highest of his career, um, which jumped an infield fly ball rate too. And his home run per fly ball rate just went down. Um, and I, I don't – his lowest launch angle month was April, which you just mentioned was his best month of the year. Yeah. This is a guy who should be hitting ground balls and line drives and using his speed – and I think there's a path for him to be a 260 to 270 hitter um, with the like 25 plus stolen bases and 10 to 15 home runs or whatever. Um, right. And I think that has value as, as a middle infield option. And again, this is a young hitter who's 25 years old who might still just be figuring out, you know, adjusting to what what is his best kind of path for success at the major league baseball level. And so I'm I have some hope for him next year, but again, I'm dialing it back to like if he's my middle infielder. 
not if he's right. my starting second baseman, not if he's my starting shortstop. Um, and I would like to see, you know, those changes in the spring where he's not so, you know, lift focused for him. Right. I mean, I, I think sometimes it can be a little cookie cutter in terms of what we think the ideal for, uh, you know, a player's approach to be. And yeah, the launch angle idea doesn't work for everyone. And I, I feel like each hitter should have a different game plan and, yeah, maybe I think he's in a good situation there in Cleveland to to get on the right path. They seem to be s- smart and they employ a number of hitters who aren't those type of power players. So we'll see where it goes moving forward. I think there, he is young enough where he can make those adjustments. Um, and the defense is outstanding, too. So it's not like he's at risk of and he also has a contract extension with the Guardians. So right. He's going to be there every day. Uh, we know that, but yeah, certainly the ADP is going to be anywhere close to where it is this year. Or was this yeah. Year. Uh, my my next one is a guy who I think we do. It's kind of the exact opposite profile because it's it's Matt Chapman who hits the ball incredibly hard um, mm-hmm. and is still hitting the ball incredibly hard, uh, but nothing else is really happening for him this year. Um, he's hitting two forty eight on the year with fifteen home runs um, in one hundred and twenty five games. From a lot of that damage was in April. So from yeah. May 1st on, uh, Chapman's hitting 211, 10 home runs, just 29 RBIs in 98 games um, with a 30% strikeout rate. But, um, you know, if you like your your new sliders on StatCast, uh, oh, which I actually great. do, I do like the new redesign. But, mm-hmm. you know, 97th percentile average exit velocity, 97th percentile barrel rate, 99th percentile hard hit rate, 94th percentile chase rate. So he's not chasing the ball out of the, uh, out of the zone, but he still <laughs> swings and misses a lot, which is almost worse because he has a good idea at the plate and is missing. Um, and, you know, the batting average is, is super low. Uh, and... I kind of don't know what to make of this because we're we've seen we've now seen this become part of a trend with him where he hits the ball really hard and um, also has a good understanding of the strike zone, but still swings and misses a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a little bit confounding. Uh, and you keep going like, yeah, I want to roster the guy who has a seventeen percent barrel rate in September because that's ridiculous. Yep. But I just you know I. I will take some shares somewhere as a bench bat, as a corner infield bat next year, because we know with his defense, he's going to stay on the field. Um, and it's hard to bet against somebody who hits the ball that hard consistently um, and has shown the ability to hit for power. And I do think some of it is, is unlucky, right? Like, yep. I, you know, I don't know the expected home runs metric on Statcast is a little bit of like, you know, how accurate is it really? But, of the 15, he has 15 home runs this year. If he played in Baltimore, the expected home runs are 21. Um, it's 21 if he played in, you know, at the Angels Stadium. It's 26 if he was at in Mariners. It's 24 in Atlanta, 24 in Philly, 29 in Cincy, 24 in Milwaukee, 22 in LA. So, like, you know, again, not not a like surefire metric to suggest he should be a mid-20s home run hitter. But I think it's not a shock to say when somebody's barreling the ball 17% of the time and has 15 home runs um, that there's a little bit of luck factored into that. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good call. I mean, the barrel rate seventeen point two percent. The expected slugging is is four sixty two. His actual slugging percentage is four thirty one. Uh, you know, the plate discipline is good. You know, it's good. I mean, the strikeout rate isn't terrible. I think he's just because of the sheer number of fly balls that he hits. Like he's never going to hit for average. Right. Um, but I do think there's some some power upside here. His season is incredibly front loaded. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, April, he hit 372 with five home runs and 20 RBIs. He's driven in 30 runs since April. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, that, that crazy. RBIs. <laughs> Especially because we just made the same argument in, about Vlad Jr. where like the, the RBIs were high because of the lineup he's in and Chapman's in that same lineup. And he's like, nope, not gonna, I'm not going to drive anybody in. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, the draft has started, by the way, the 2024 oh, nice. mock. The first two picks, so Acuna, no surprise, went number one. Uh, Julio Rodriguez went number two. That would be my guess, yeah. Yeah, so it's very interesting. Uh, I don't know who who would be your three going into next year. It's not an easy call. No, it's it's really not. Um, I mean, if you look at, like, you know, this year you had, what, Jose Ramirez and Trey Turner were the guys that were in the top of that conversation. Um, I mean, if you're, judge, if you're judge. getting – Judge, yeah. If you're getting August Trey Turner, um, then you know maybe he's back up in that conversation for like three, four, five, whatever range. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's it'll be an interesting uh, an interesting call. I think you know Judge has to be in the mix there as an early favorite. Yeah, uh, Mookie Betts. You know, over the past six oh, weeks, Mookie, yeah, played his way in there. Even if the speed isn't really there for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis Jr. I think is probably someone you should think about too. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I it's going to be interesting. It's going to yeah. Be I think also like listen, even if if Shohei is just hitting next yeah. year, um, I mean you're still looking at a guy who is hitting over 300 with 44 home runs and 20 steals. Like right, yeah. I don't want to discount that because just as a yeah. hitter in Yahoo, he's the number three ranked hitter. Uh, right. I now, think there's naturally going to be some because of the you know the uncertainty of does he have I, Tommy John is he rehabbing? Right. I think he's probably this year's Bryce Harper. Right, gets yeah. the gets the offseason shoulder surgery, comes back maybe a month or two into the year. DHs, um, you know, so you're probably not in a in a perfect. Well, you're probably not making that pick. Um, right. Yeah, I mean. Kyle Tucker's looking like a good first round pick now. Um, you know, can't knock Corbin Carroll's 41 stolen bases, 24 home runs. Like they're all yeah. in that mix. Yeah, Corbin Carroll just went number three. Ah, so, there you go. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna make a pick live. Let's do it. Where live. are you picking four? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. So hmm. I I kind of want to go Tatis here. Here's my here's my question to you. Right. Coming into this year, everybody's thought was you need to make sure you get stolen bases early, which is why like Jose Ramirez, Trey Turner, and all of them were going. Yep. Do you feel like you actually need stolen bases given the new climate with your first round pick? No, I don't. I don't. I think you could definitely find it later. Um, I think it's cheap in that a little bit with that just how easy it is to steal, and I think you will find them more easily on the waiver wire you could also piece it together more easily uh Mm -hmm. getting players who you know will steal 10 bases 15 bases 
where you don't need to go out of your way to get a Trey Turner. Um, but I'm gonna, you know what? I am going to. I'm gonna go with Bobby Witt Jr. Wow! All right. There we go. You just you got uh, got a moment of inspiration. The, the the young upside, the Corbin Carroll pick, made you go. It did. Let's do it. It, it did. I I was thinking Mookie Betts like going into the day today, mm -hmm. but ten stolen bases this year. Like I want to get. I think I still think in the first round you want to get the well-rounded player to give sure. you the floor to start your roster with. So I still think wit, especially with what we've seen over the past couple of months. Yes, I think stolen bases carry the profile, but I think the power is it's gonna be there. I think it could be a 30 homer type of guy at some yeah. point here. Um I out of curiosity, I just I did a rankings sort from or not a rankings a stat sort from June first on because I knew he'd been playing you know obviously a lot better in the summer since June first. Bobby Witt's hitting three oh seven with eighteen home runs and twenty two RBIs in eighty one games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're you're and fifty eight RBIs too as with the Royals team that's been surprisingly you know <clears throat> yeah. That is Husky. that does drag it down a little bit, to be fair. But uh, yeah, a little. Yeah, no, but I feel good about it. I, I think you should. All right. Um, okay. My final disappointment is Christian Javier with the Astros, and after what he did last year, both between the regular season and the postseason. Remember, he had a, a good run there mm -hmm. to finish up the World Series with the Astros. Had the two five four ERA during the regular season. Coming into the spring, he even had some hype as like a dark horse AL Cy Young Award candidate. Um, but this year has looked really nothing like that pitcher, especially recently. 4.65 ERA over 26 starts. Actually had an ERA in the twos through mid-June, but he's just been terrible since then. 7.15 ERA over his last 12 starts. Walks and home runs really hurting him during the stretch. 32 walks in 56 and two thirds innings, 13 home runs allowed as well in those 12 starts. Now, Javier has always been an extreme fly ball pitcher, um, one of the lowest ground ball rates in all of baseball. So, hardly surprising that home runs are an issue here. I wonder if, you know, looking at what he's done this year, if he could, I mean, I think the velocity's down a little bit. Uh, down a tick but yeah i'd be curious if you've noticed anything about javier to uh suggest kind of what's going on here um i also i i mean i think my what i've noticed also might be couched in the fact that he might not work as good as a as a traditional starter um you yeah. know remember he was stretched out uh last year um the swinging strike rate is is way down um the velocity is down um, on his fastball by over a mile per hour, which again could be just like first, you know, that kind of first year full starters workload, um, that fatigue, the swing strike rate is down on that pitch. The barrel rate is up to 11.6% on his fastball this year. Um, swing strike rate is down 7% on that slider. It was at 17.4% last year. It's at 10.4% this year. That's a massive, massive drop off. Um, for a pitch that also has less movement this year, it has a little bit less horizontal movement. Who knows if that's intentional or not, but like 
Right. The fastball is getting hit hard. The slider hasn't been as good. Um, I, I have real fears that if, and these are huge ifs because we're talking about Lance McCullers here, but if Lance McCullers and Luis Garcia come back from injury and seem ready to go in the spring next year, I don't know if Christian Javier makes the rotation because yeah. he might he might just be better served being a, a bulk reliever. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that JP France has is better suited to be your starting pitcher five and Christian Javier is better suited to be your kind of multi-inning fireman out of the out of the bullpen. Sure, and especially with the way he's uh, pitched down the stretch, like probably won't be promised anything going yeah. into next year. I think you're locked in on Framber, Verlander, Hunter Brown, and then yeah. you've got Luis Garcia, McCullers, JP France, and Javier for two rotation spots. So, so yeah, I'm. I mean, if we're talking about where are we drafting them for 2024, I, I may be, I may be fading. Christian Javier pretty hard, assuming that he might be a bullpen piece. Yep, totally agree. Uh, my last guy we could be quick about because we talked about him um, back in August, and it's Willie Adamas. Um, and Willie Adamas may be the only guy that we talked about on that August show who didn't immediately start hitting after we won. <laughs> he's, been, he's been terrible. Um, Circling the bases but, bump. Yeah. But Willie Adamas was kind of like the guy in the you don't need to get a shortstop early. You can wait and you can yeah. get the like Willie Adamas tier of, of shortstops. Um, and while the home run total has been there, I mean, 22 home runs in 126 games, he'll probably hit 25, 26 um, at the end of the year. So you're not really mad about that. Um, but saying 209. He seems to be the only player who decided he didn't want to match last year's stolen base total or yeah, yeah. improve on it. Yeah, um, he yeah. stole eight. He stole eight bases last year, and I think everybody assumed with the new rules he would be in double digits. He has four. Um, he's walking more than last year. Um, you know the barrel rate is pretty consistent with last year. Um, the swing rate is actually up so we're not and you know we're not in a situation with like the matt chapman's of the world the tyler o'neill's of the world um he's chasing way more out of the zone the o swing is up five percent i just it it the batting average concerns for me are warranted by the approach which seems to be way more aggressive out of the zone not getting good pitches to hit um and without the speed component bumping up too like we may be looking at willie adamas going forward as like a 220 hitter who could maybe push 30 home runs and steal five bases. Yeah. Um, and I think that, again, that's a player you're drafting at a middle infield spot, right? Because there's value if you need home runs and getting 25, 26 home runs from your middle infield spot. But usually you're looking at like a corner infielder for something like that. You don't really usually Correct. want a middle infielder who hits 230 and steals five bases. Like, that's yes. usually not a roster construction. Those are that, the spots you where with. you get the speed. To, typically, you're not getting yeah. the speed from the corner spots. There are certain spots you need that for, especially right now, where the speed is so much more plentiful. So if you're using one of those spots and a player doesn't run, that's going to hurt you from the start. Yeah, for sure. I, I think what's interesting about Adamus is looking at the expected batting average: 2021, 236; 2022, 238. 
239. I, I pretty much tells you that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're gonna get from uh from Willie Adamas. You know, like you said, he'll be draftable next year, but not as a starting shortstop for me at this point. Can I ask it, you right? before we, yep. before we go? Can I ask you in the the recent Fabapaloozas of the Jason Dominguez and Ronnie Mauricios and do you have a did you have a stock in any of that? Was there a direction that you went? Shockingly, in my NL only labor, uh, I got Harrison Bader and Ronnie Mauricio. Uh, I was one of the only people left huh? with money to spend. And nice. I wasn't not not a lot either. It was like ten dollars, but mm-hmm. it was enough to get both of them, which I'm very happy about. I had Ronnie Mauricio stashed in Tout Wars for like a month, uh, so he had been sitting on my bench for a while. And actually, Shelly, one of our other writers, Shelly Bearstraight, she said she was doing her research. We're in the same Tout Wars league on Sunday, and she was like, "I couldn't find him in the free agents," and I was like, "Oh." Like, of course, DJ had had stashed him already. So <laughs> I, I had been as a Mets fan. I've been awaiting that call for quite a bit. For sure, yeah. And I think I think most people were. I think he'll he'll produce for sure there. Um, you know, I, I was in. I think you know other young rookies. I I've been in recently in a lot of leagues. I'm Parker Meadows for the Tigers, who I think is um, is playing pretty well. And then um, Sedani Rafaela, the uh, Red Sox yeah. call up. What's interesting is that his he's recently only been playing shortstop as a backup yeah, to Trevor that. Story, but he can yeah. play the outfield. And Jaron Duran's now in the sixty day IL, so like, I don't know if the playing time's going to be there, but I'm in, I'm intrigued that they might be able to use him in a few places. For sure, I mean, I I would think he should get as much playing time as possible on the stretcher. Whether they agree, I yeah. don't know. I think it's pretty clear they might give it another week or so. Um, but I think their recent play has taken them out of consideration and, you know, it might be time to, to see also, especially cause like Masataka Yoshida has talked about how like it's tiring. The season is way longer than what he's used to. Um, yeah, and so, like, I could see in, in the, in the final, um, in the final weeks of the year starting to get, you know, some of these younger guys in there a little more. All right. Good stuff. So next week, I think we're going to do a recap of this draft. Uh, this 2024 Great. mock. Uh, Shelly's actually in this mock as well. I'm going to see if maybe we can get her in here too and get some of her insight. Um, you know, we'll show you the draft board. Uh, I think it'll be a really good exercise for us to start to take a look at as we start looking toward uh, 2024, um, the regular season wrapping up. Remember to subscribe to Circling the Bases wherever you get your podcasts. You can actually find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Also, do yourself a favor and check out the Road World Football Show uh, with the season starting on Thursday. They'll have you covered all week long with excellent analysis. Follow us on Twitter or X if you don't already. Eric is at SamskyNYC. I'm at DJ Short. Take care, everyone. We will see you next time.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.